session we have a, uh, the, the, the session is transformed in my prayer and that should be the desire of all of our hearts today to be transformed in our prayer the first question on page 21 is when have you tried to learn something on your own when was the last time you learned you tried to learn something on your own anybody that should be something you always try to do, right? Okay. I finally got good help on the Pinterest to make successful pizza dough. I've been making it for a long time. It's not very good. It's so flat. So anyway, I follow directions. Exactly. And you got it. Okay. When you do it yourself or like I am, I like to do it all myself. Alright? I'm always trying stuff new. And so that's not new for me. I'm always trying to do something. Whenever something comes up, uh, I try to do it. If I think I'm not going to do it, then I get help. Alright? But uh, we are, I believe we are all like that. Uh, we are always trying to learn something on our own. You know, I, I work some, for some folks and uh, they're basically millionaires. But they don't uh, go and hire people to do everything else that, that they want to do. I remember one time the alarm, uh, they had a problem with the alarm at the house. One of the sensors uh, for the alarm on the door fell down. Uh, it came off. And, uh, and they called me to ask, ask me to help them with it. And I said, well, why don't you just let's call your alarm? No, no, they can charge too much. <laughs> you know? Yeah, these are millionaires. I guess that's how they became millionaires, right? That's how they became millionaires. <laughs> You know, and uh, we played around with that thing and got some double stick tape and we put that thing back on ourselves. You know, no, 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 don't call them. You know, um, but we always try new stuff. And it's good to do that because it's a learning experience, right? Once you learn to try something and you learn how to do it, then you're good at it. You can do it again. Okay, Bible meets life, page 22. Let's have someone read that, please. <laughs> Prayer. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's your birthday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Prayer is grounded in a desire to honor God. No, that's not it. Page. 22. 22. Yeah. Well, she's just reading the point. Oh, you're reading the point. Yes. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Isn't that a point? Page 22. Yes. Where are you at? Right there. Oh, the point comes later. Yeah, don't read the point. Yeah, just read the, just read the, the okay. Bible meets life. The point is next. Bible meets life. Uh -huh. Several years ago, I took a friend out for an afternoon of dog hunting. I set him up in a prime spot and gave him my best gun. I became more and more frustrated as the birds kept flying right over him while his face remained buried in his smartphone. Hmm. I marched over to find out what was so important on his phone that kept him from being engaged in the hunt. In a slightly embarrassed tone, he told me he didn't know how to load the gun. He was watching a video on how to load the gun properly. <laughs> I had assumed he knew what to do. This experience reminds me that we must be taught many things in life. Prayer is a good example. Prayer is simply talking to God, which should be easy. Yet Jesus saw the need to teach us how to pray. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus taught us the principles of a prayer life that transforms, commonly called the Lord's Prayer. 
Jesus' words have also been referred to as the model prayer since they serve as a guide for how we are to pray. Okay. Oh, Lord, looks at videos to learn how to do stuff. Amen. I mean, they're honey, right? <laughs> yeah. When you don't know how, pick up Google it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, the point. Now we get to the point. What's the point? Prayer is grounded in a desire to honor God. Okay, and that's the point of the whole lesson. So if you don't remember anything else, remember that. Prayer is grounded in a desire to honor God. Does it, is it used that way by people today? No. No, it's not. How, what? How do people use prayer today? When they are in difficulties. The gimmies, right? Yeah. Okay, and Aladdin's lamp, right? No, I said gimme. The gimmies, all right. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Lord, give me this. Okay, but prayer is grounded in a desire to honor God. Okay, let's look at what the Bible has to say. Uh, the, the passage is on uh, page 23, uh, Matthew 6, 9 to 10. Therefore, we should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored and holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Okay, now consider the setting. Jesus talking and they're teaching his disciples how to pray. With a multitude of people gathered on the mountainside to listen, Jesus delivered what we now today know as the Sermon on the Mount in this passage. And this is how he begins it with these verses. He called his disciples together so he could teach them how to live as citizens of God's kingdom. As part of his instructions, he directed their attention to the disciplines of prayer how to be disciplined in praying. Jesus intended for his disciples to gauge in this spiritual discipline in a way that will enable them to honor God and not to track attention to themselves, as we'll see as we move on. But notice a couple of definitions we have there. Uh, kingdom and daily bread. See those two? Yes. What does kingdom say? A dominion ruled by a king. The kingdom of God is a spiritual dominion over which he reigns with authority and majesty. Okay, so keep that definition in mind with regards to this word kingdom. The other one, daily bread? The people of Jesus' day did not have many options for food storage. Therefore, bread and other meals were prepared each day in a specified amount. Okay, so when we think of daily bread, remember... Let the picture uh, uh, to come in your mind is no refrigeration. Okay? They had no refrigeration in that day, and so they asked God to provide for them each day what they needed. Daily bread or daily sustenance. And so Jesus is teaching, according verse 9, Jesus is teaching his disciples about the discipline of prayer. And he warned believers about the wrong way to pray. And we see that in verses 5 to 8. Next, Jesus taught about the right way to pray. Okay? And so, he wants them to be clear on what they're doing. So, first he tells them what the wrong way is, and then he tells them what the right way is. Specifically, we pray so that we can be with our Father in heaven. Talk with Him, listen to Him, and surrender to Him. When we pray the right way, our relationship with Him will grow stronger 
and deeper. And isn't that what we want? Yes. We want a stronger and deeper relationship with our God. That can only happen, as Jesus has explained to his disciples, when we pray the right way rather than the wrong way. So now we know why people don't have a stronger and deeper relationship with God. Because they don't pray the right way. And we'll be able to serve him more consistently also when we pray the right way. Because we communicate with him, he communicates with us, and we know how to serve him. In verse 9, Jesus began the model prayer with the words that we just read in the passage of his disciples. And from the very beginning of that prayer, Jesus taught us to use, taught us to use what to use or how to use the words in prayer in the right way. When we use our, taught us how to use our instead of my. Our instead of my. When we use my, what are we thinking of? Self. Self, right? And so Jesus talks to us, he says, use our, us, and we in prayer. Our, us, and we. Rather than my, I, and whatever else. And me. Alright? Okay, also, these pronouns enable us to remember the second great commandment. To love our neighbors as ourselves. Our walk with the Lord cannot be separated from relationships with others. Remember that. Our walk cannot be separated from relationship. We are relational people. We thrive in a community. Relationships with other people. Whenever you hear a person talk about a loner and they're a believer, there's something wrong. Okay? Because believers are not loners. Even if you're an introvert by nature, you change when you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I grew up as an introvert. And I've always wanted to be by myself. And when kids in the neighborhood as a boy came to visit my house to have friends with me, and they would ring the doorbell, I would get the chair and stand up on the chair and remove the cover from the doorbell and disconnect the wire. <laughs> they called me furniture in my neighborhood. Whenever I came, whenever I did come out of the house to go, my mother sent me to the store or somewhere, hey, there goes furniture, because he's always in the house. But when Jesus saved me, that changed. And so relationships, our walk with the Lord cannot be separated from our relationships with others. And a friend, and a family in the neighborhood befriended me and got me out of my introvertness. Uh, there's still an inkling of it there because it never goes away. But uh, community is how God wants us to be. Question number two on page 24. Who taught you what you know about prayer? Who taught you what you know about prayer? Grammy. Grammy? Okay. It's always Grammy. Grammy, because Grammys do a lot of stuff, right? Yeah. Anybody else? My mother. Mothers. Mothers do, mothers do that more than fathers, don't they? Yes. Okay, let's look at the passage on page uh, 24. Someone can read that, please. Prayer begins with the focus on the person of God, our Father. Excuse me, Albert, can you lend Pastor a book, please? Go ahead. Okay. 
I'll start over. Matthew 6, 9, 10. Prayer begins with the focus on the person of God, our Father in heaven. Your name be honored as holy. Before we talk about our agenda, we should begin by praising God for who he is. Focusing on God always keeps us from whittling him down to our sides. When we believe about the nature of God will determine what we experience from prayer. So don't skip this step in your prayer life. God rightfully deserves first place in our lives, including in our prayers. Next, Jesus taught us to pray about the program of God. What these verses refer to as God's kingdom is really his rule in the hearts and lives of his people. The kingdom of God is a reality in heaven now, and it will be a reality for all eternity. We know from the scriptures that one day all people will acknowledge the rule and reign of Christ. See Philippians 2.10. The reality of the kingdom of God is often overshadowed by this present physical world we live in. As followers of Christ, we belong to both realms, but we can get so caught up with the everyday physical demands of life that we lose sight of the spiritual reality of God's kingdom. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Prayer centered on God's kingdom and God's will should include 1. Personal surrender to God's rule and reign in our lives. The Lordship Christ. Two, sensitivity to what God is doing in us and around us. Three, a focus on transformation through the trials we encounter, not merely escaping those trials. Four, request for the spiritual health of health of family and friends. Five, request for a fresh movement of God in our generation. Amen. Transforming prayers begin with the focus on the person of God and then move to the program of God, to his kingdom and his will. Okay, now let's reiterate that bullet list that we had there. One person of the rest surrendered to God's yes. kingdom. Uh -huh. Can I say something before you go into it? Go ahead. Um, can I make a suggestion? Mm -hmm. Like how sisters read me, right? And they say, see Philippians 3, 2, 10 and 12. Can someone be prepared that then we reach to that point, you will read that right here. It's a famous why they say, see it. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, for, uh, every time we do that. And, and then I just turn to in Philippians 2, 10 and 12, and it says, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, I think you, you get a point in there when they say, when they tell you to see it. Right. And that's why it's important to go right. through your books at home before you come to class. Amen. All right, because we because of the time we have, we can't do all the scripture references. And that's why in the manuals you have, you only have the reference, but you don't have the, the full verse. Right. So we encourage, that's why we encourage you to make sure, go through your study guide at home before you come to class so that you'll know what that reference is to prior to come to class because we really, the time that we have, we don't have to go, we, we, we will not be able to finish the lesson if we go through all the references that are given because you notice there are a lot of references given 
in the, the paragraphs that we have. Okay, so it's very important that you pick up your books during the time that you're home. Take about a, a 30 minutes to, uh, or so at home during the week before class time and go through the entire lesson. And probably you could probably do it as a devotional. And, and look at the questions that we have and, and write down the answers to those questions. Look up the references to it because it's very important. It's the reason why it's called a personal study guide. Okay, because it's for us to be able to benefit prior to coming to class. There's a whole lot of stuff that relates to the lessons that we can't even share with you in class because we don't have the time. Okay, in addition to the personal study guide, I have a leader's guide that I have to go through in addition to the guide that you have. And that's tons of, you know, Charlie tells us all the time, Charlie Aubrey, when he's teaching the Sunday school, he said, now that this curriculum gives you so much information that you don't have the time in class time to share it. All right, so it's very important that you, you use your study guides at home to be able to get the best out of it. Okay, let's look at those bullet points again because they're important. Prayer centered on God's kingdom and God's will should include what? Personal surrender to God's rule and reign in our lives, right? And that relates to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the Lordship of Christ. Sensitivity to what God is doing in us and around us. Are we sensitive to what God is doing around us? Many times we are sensitive to what God is doing in us. But are we sensitive to what he's doing around us? How he's impacting lives and turn changing circumstances because of what he's doing in the world. And then the third one is a focus on trans transformation through the trials we, are, we encounter. Not merely escaping those trials. Are we being transformed by the trials that God allows to come into our lives? You know, you know, there's no coincidence in the life of the believer. Everything that we go through has been Father filtered. God has already filtered it and allowed it to get to us for a purpose. Remember that passage in Scripture that, the, that says God's word never returns to him void? You know what it means? The rest of the way says, God says, I will accomplish what I determined to accomplish by it. Okay, and so God wants us to be able to benefit from the trials and the experience that we encounter. Amen? Amen. Question number three. What can help us keep a kingdom focus as we pray? What can help us keep a kingdom focus as we pray? Anybody? Well, we can, before we begin, we can ask the Spirit to keep us focused. Mm -hmm. I don't know that's what he's there for. Right. That's what we have. You know, sometimes your mind wanders, so mm -hmm. I try to ask for that first. Yeah, remember the Holy Spirit is what he called a paraclete. Yeah. One called alongside to help. Right. But many times he sits there idling and says, I wonder why they don't call on me for help. I'm, I'm willing to help. Yeah. You know, but he's the one called alongside to help. And so we can always call upon him. And so the question is, is really to, 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 to get us to understand the practical ways we can remain focused on God's kingdom and be disciplined on prayer. I have a practical idea that I use every day as I pray out loud. <laughs> it keeps me my mind doesn't wander mm -hmm. the same way as when I'm praying quietly my mind can go on the ravages and another way yeah. lately I write it mm -hmm. I write it 
because if if I pray quietly, my mind's traveling all over the world. That's right. It's good to write it down. You talk out loud. I had a Sunday school teacher who would always tell us, write it down. Yeah. A little ink is better than a bad memory. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll never forget that. <laughs> you always said that. I also heard from one of the, um, the people on TV. Uh, they always say that um, if you're saying it out loud, then you're not thinking of something else. You can't think of two things one time. Oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 That's true. Okay. Notice the um, activity on page twenty-five. Uh, it's called "Begin with Praise." Our first aim in prayer should be to praise God for who He is. Use the acronym "Praise" below to record different attributes of God that are worthy of praise. An example has been provided to spark it, your thinking. So you see now why we say do this during the week? Yeah. This is not to be done in class. Okay, you sit down and you figure out, okay, what can, we, what can I use for R? And P is already there. What can I use for A? What can I use for I or S and E? And then you write it down. Okay? Uh, so we're not going to do that today because, like I said, that's not a, a class activity. That's an activity. Did, any, did anybody do it? Yes. Okay, so it's better. What did you get? Well, I, it could be a lot more. Um, he's praiseworthy, all-powerful, mm-hmm. uh, righteous, mm-hmm. reverent. Mm-hmm. He's amazing, alpha and omega. Mm-hmm. Uh, underline A in gracious. Okay. Um, and I underline the I in these two words, omniscient, omnipotent, and he's infinite. Okay. He is savior, he is splendid, supreme ruler, and sovereign. Mm-hmm. He is eternal and excellent. Amen. Okay, very good. Anybody else did it? I did a couple. Okay, so Bernie's. Almighty and um, so as sovereign and he everlasting. Okay, very good. Anybody else? And, and if you don't, you don't have to do all of it. If you don't do all the letters, that's fine. You, you made an apple. Anybody else? Okay, go ahead. Sister. Almighty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Okay, if you didn't do it, I advise you to, to go ahead and do it when you go home today. Uh, not because you finished the lesson, it means you, you, you pass that one over. Okay, still, you can still do it. Okay, next passage is on uh, Matthew 6, 11 to 13, page 23 again. The model prayer rightly begins with a focus on God. No, no, the uh, verse, the scripture oh, verse. Age. Yeah. That's I write up. Eleven to thirteen. eleven to thirteen. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Okay. Amen. Amen. No, you can stop right there. Notice the definitions we have there again. And the definitions are important because it helps you to understand the, te- the certain words in the text. So don't gloss over those either. The daily bread, the people of Jesus' day did not have any options for food storage. We saw that already. Therefore, bread and other meals were prepared each day in specific amounts. Remember when the uh, children were in the wilderness and God rained down the manna? And he told them, go out each day and, and take what you need. And then the, the, the last day he said, get an extra amount. 
But you know, people are disobedient, they don't listen, right? So on the first day, some of them went on the ground more than they really, 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 really. And what happened to it? When they look back at it, it was filled with worms and maggots and stuff like that. So see why it's important to, to listen and obey instructions? Okay, so the daily, they, they picked it, they get their food in specific amounts. Debts. Now this one that sometimes people misunderstand. What is the, what is the definition of debts here? These are not financial balances due, but sins for which a person was accountable. The debt was sin, and the debtor was the sinner. Okay, so you see how important it is to read those definitions? Mm -hmm. Debt, when we think of debt, what's the first thing we think of? Oh, why I owe the bank, why I owe the this one and that? No, it's a debt of sin. We all had that big debt of sin that we could not pay. Yeah. And Jesus is the only one that could pay, and he did an excellent job, didn't he? Yes. He certainly did. Exactly. Okay, when we look at verse 11, uh, uh, we, uh, once we submit ourselves to God in his kingdom, we can bring up our needs as we pray. Notice, when we submit ourselves to God, then we can bring up our needs. Uh, sometimes people do it backwards. They go before with the gimme's first, and then they remember, oh, you know, I'm supposed to thank him and praise him and appreciate him. Okay, Jesus taught us how he intends for his fellows to bring our needs to the Heavenly Father. In his instruction, two details come into clear view. First, Jesus taught us to ask the Father to give us what we need, our daily need. Okay, and that is important because in the ancient world, bread was a basic resource needed to sustain life. With it, people would be able to live. Without it, they would starve to death. You notice in, in all those ancient, uh, those old movies and stuff about Jesus, bread has always been a staple. Therefore, their priority every day was bread. And so Jesus took the reality of bread for the coming day to encourage disciples to ask the Heavenly Father each day to meet their needs as they serve Him daily. By asking Him to meet our needs, we acknowledge that He provides everything necessary for us as we serve Him. It also reflects our dependence on God. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. What are we saying in that? Lord, I'm dependent on you. I'm not independent. I'm dependent on you. I'm interdependent on you. And then the second notice, the second detail that he uses there is that Jesus showed us once again to keep others in mind as we pray. We're not just praying for our own needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Not my daily bread, but our daily bread. Keep others in mind. Instead of asking Lord for my daily bread, Jesus guides us to pray for our daily needs to be met. And as we bring up what we need, we'll do well to remember the needs of others who are also devoted to Him. Okay, the passage now on page uh, 26. Paragraphs on page 26. The model prayer rightly begins with the focus on God. His honor, his kingdom, and his will. Only then should we move on to praying for ourselves. Being centered on God's agenda will change the way we pray for our own needs, which includes the following. Our daily needs. The phrase daily bread literally means we are to pray for perishable things, those things we need each day. Of course, Jesus isn't opposed to saving. We save as God provides, and we share as God provides. But we must remember that the larger our stockpile, the easier it is for us to trust our possessions instead of the one who provided them in the first place. This prayer frees us to trust in Him for our daily needs, 
and live in a place of rest. Two, our need for forgiveness. Confession is an important part of seeking God's forgiveness. The practice of confession needs to be done in real time. In other words, when you realize you've sinned, confess your sin in that moment. By confessing, we are agreeing that we see our behavior as God sees it and that we are in need of restraint and breaking free from it. Developing the habit of confession is a stark reminder of our constant need for God's grace in our lives. Three, our need for protection. When Jesus said, do not bring us into temptation, verse 13, he was not inferring that God tempts us or tries to make us sin. We know from the scriptures that God is not tempted by evil, and he himself doesn't tempt anyone. James 1.13 Sin is never forced on us. Instead, Jesus' words are a request for protection. In his model prayer, he reminded us to ask for the ability to stand strong in the face of temptation. Okay, so we have three uh, uh, points there that we need to keep in mind when we pray. Our daily needs include what? Our need for forgiveness. Our need for protection. Okay, so let's keep those thoughts in mind. Question number four on page 26. How have your experiences with prayer influenced your ability to trust God? Okay, so think of some experiences that you had with prayer that really uh, encouraged you to have the ability to trust God more than you had previously. Anybody? Okay, hold on. One I know we all can go. Okay, okay. Who is voice? <laughs> all right. Okay, let's start with Esther. Okay. Okay, you see results. Okay, very good. Who is next? Huh? Special needs. Okay. Anybody else? Sister Brenda, you're going to say something. <laughs> and you get God to encourage you to pray more and realize that you are just prayer when you pray. Amen. Amen. It's really, it makes you feel good when you pray specifically and God answers, doesn't it? Yes. Amen. That's exactly it. The more specific you are in prayer, the more exciting it is to see that specific Yes. But when you shoot out a general, Lord bless them, you know, you're not asking for anything specific necessarily. And it's kind of a gunshot prayer. And, and yeah. A, a place buckshot prayer. Yeah. Buckshot. Yeah. You know that buckshot that you're shooting to get all those pellets going up? You don't know, and many answers you don't know. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, in my experience with our home, mm -hmm. I mean, two years of prayer and just keep falling through and falling through and then I started praying, Lord, if, if you don't want me to sell this house, show me. But he was teaching me to wait, wait on him yes. and his time was perfect. Amen. Because this doctor came along what always wanted the house and he bought it and then you see, you don't know how, I mean, it just baffles me, and, and then the doctor turned around for Christian Bookshop. He did? 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I have never experienced nothing like this. I was watering my plants one day, and the voice came to my mind. When the doctor came, he mentioned him the Christian bookshop. He immediately went to see the Lord. Praise the Lord. Tell me if that was I. And so I am still learning mm -hmm. to wait for his time. That's right. And you know it's him when it happens. Well, you know he did it. That's right. Um, uh, Cliff. The principal part is, may I what he wants. Yeah, you said this and you will do it. Exactly. So therefore, I don't go there with no mouth in the very Asian people. And God wants us to hold him accountable. Right. And therefore, mm -hmm. it's not my time. His thoughts are not my thoughts. Exactly. So therefore, I go to him with the assurance that, look, I'm asking you directly for this. And before I'm finished, the answer is there. Amen. So it's not, mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is all the time. Depends on what the situation is. Mm -hmm. But he gives me the assurance that he will be there for me. Amen. Amen. And that's a, right, that's the way God works. Okay. All right, quickly, our time is basically gone. But let's look at the last uh, paragraph. Uh, the last passage, uh, Matthew uh, verse 6, verses 14 to 15. But if you will give to those who are wrong to you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive you. You are not Okay, so we need to remember that. We go into prayer and we pray, and we don't remember that we, uh, we have somebody that we are refusing to forgive. And, and we should remember that God says that if we don't forgive others, He's not going to forgive us. Okay, let's go then down to, um, we have the paragraphs on page 27, uh, but I'm going to let you read that on your own, because our time is gone. Uh, question number five is, give Jesus, give Jesus' warning in verse 15. How can we help each other grow in our ability to forgive. And that's one basically on the forgiveness. Alright, how can we encourage one another? Given Jesus' warning in verse 15, how can we help each other grow in our ability to forgive? Well, if, if, if you stop and think about it, and I'm trying to remember this myself, if someone does you something wrong, you don't have to worry about that. That will be taken care of. That's so. That's what am I right in saying? Mm -hmm. So that's how I'm learning to look at it. Okay. That my our Lord and Savior will take care of that situation. Okay. So you forgive them for Jesus' sake. Right. Jesus will take care of it. Yeah. Okay. Back to the point. As a reminder, the whole lesson prayer is grounded in a desire to honor God. Now let's go to page twenty-eight as we wrap it up here. 
uh, and see how we can live this lesson out as we leave here today and go into the week because the devil is going to test us. The devil is going to come to you somewhere during the course of this week and say, let me see how much you learn in Sunday school on Sunday. And he's going to test you. Okay, first of all, evaluate yourself. That's the first point. Do a quick comparison between your typical prayers and Jesus' model prayer. Do you spend time each day praising God for who he is? Are your prayers more self-centered or kingdom-focused? Is there unconfessed sin in your life? Is there someone against whom you are harboring unforgiveness? All those questions you need to ask. That's the first point, evaluate yourself. The second one is double up. Each day this week, spend twice as much time in prayer as you typically do. Use the model prayer to guide you as you pray. And number three, seek reconciliation. Make an effort at reconciling a damaged or broken relationship this week. Begin by praying daily for the person involved. Offer forgiveness if necessary or seek forgiveness if you are in the wrong. Reach out with a phone call or a letter, and in these days you could use the internet or, or WhatsApp or whatever, and declare your hopes of reconciliation. And the final point, it's a sad reality that many people in the church today have never been taught how to pray. Fortunately, we have Jesus' model prayer to guide our thoughts, not to mention the Holy Spirit to guide our hearts. With such valuable help, anyone can find meaningful prayer that blesses our lives and honors our God.